Hi, this is Craig from Spam by Me. I'm joined again by Mark, Marco over Mars, Mark, Marco van Basten, Mark Pickering, and today we will be doing episode two as of "You Will Never Walk Together." Thank you. Hello, Mark. How are you today? I'm good, sir. Yourself? I'm not bad, thank you very much. Uh, we'll start in the same vein as what we did last week, and I'd like to slightly introduce yesterday's match. Yesterday's match was Leeds United against West Ham in the capital city, and Leeds had a start and won 3-2. We did. Obviously, fantastic result yesterday. Um, you know, we talked about this sort of last week, didn't we, when we reviewed the, um, you know, we, pre- well, we reviewed the, the cup game, and um yeah, fantastic yesterday. I mean, I could talk about this for an hour and a half, like we did last week, but I'll keep it sort of brief. But for me, you know, you've got to start with Jack Harrison. The funny thing is I was slagging him off last week. <laughs> like, it's one of them players you know, for me that's, that I wouldn't have ever... If, if I'd have had 100 quid and if you'd, have, you'd give me the full line-up and said put 100 quid on whoever's going to get art trick, I think he'd have been at bottom. I think it'd have been him and Melier at bottom. Yeah, he's never got one. So, I mean, I didn't slag him off last week. I was just saying about the fact he's not given the potential that he was giving us before and the fact that I felt like he was looking knackered, but he was absolutely fantastic yeah, yesterday. long COVID. So <laughs> he's clearly listened to this. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, he's got all week. his long COVID from last week. Uh, yeah, I, I, think he's, I think he's listened to my you know, my words last week. Obviously, that would right. him. So, full credit to me for that. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think it was just fantastic. And, I mean, yeah, we were great as a team. Obviously, the injuries that hit us in 20 minutes were painful because... You know, Forshaw has been fantastic, goes off. Purple's been a bit hit and miss, but has carried a couple of knocks recently, goes off. Again, we bring the kids on. So, you know, you, you look at an 18-year-old defender in, in Yelda that came on, and again, Lewis Bay, you know, you're bringing kids on to replace seasoned professionals. And, yeah, at that point, I think it was going well for us, and I thought, right, you know, we're in this game still, and I think we lost his composure for a bit, but ultimately, we kept fighting back and pulled it off. And I think... Aside from Harrison, you know, obviously man at match and well-deserved, I think Pascal Strike was fantastic and he's getting better and better. And the fact is, cost us nothing as well, that kid. He's even, you know, it's an even bigger junior stroke for me by, uh, you know, by sort of, by Arteth. You know, he's got someone in there that I think will be a massive player. Yeah. And um, I know he's had his problems, obviously, against Liverpool, you know, the, the famous challenge that kind of got him sent off and stuff like that. But for me, he's a class, he's a class player and I think he'll get better. Luke Ayling, yesterday, back to his best. And I, I feel I think like he's all what I've seen, ball. I don't think he did well for the uh, for the West Ham goal. He sort of, he sort of no, and left I mean, him a bit, but no, that's all I you can it, complain yeah. about. At least you're still winning, aren't you? Don't matter how many I you think, concede. I think the Luke Ayling, he was just he, he was going forward. He, I mean, that run he made, you know, he literally took three or four players and ended up at edge area and I thought, shit, better no pass ball, you know, and it were like literally the defenders start getting nosebleeds in box, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought him and then one final shout out, obviously Mr. Leeds United, Mr. Versatile, Stuart Dallas, and I think he were fantastic as well. But they all were, I mean, yeah, great result. I think it's put us in the fighting chance now. I know a lot of people are saying we're safe, yourself included in that, but I just feel like, God, you know, just keep kicking on. But yeah, obviously fantastic from our point of view. Three massive points, a win in London, which is very, very rare for us. And that's kind of it. I mean, even BBC praised us because wow. they were saying we, we could have had the game called off. Yeah. You know, I saw an article this morning, I did a bit of reading up before this, and um, BBC was saying that we could have had it called off, cough, cough, Arsenal. You know, well, um, I, but... I, I didn't want to say no, but at the beginning of the podcast, I was going to tell you that I've, uh, unfortunately, I wrote to FA to try and get this podcast postponed because there were a case of COVID in the street, and uh, my arm's hurting a little bit, but the FA turned around <laughs> yeah. and said, get off, with, get on with it, soft lad, so... Get on with it, boys. Yeah. But apparently only yeah, Arsenal it's... can do that. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that there were one case of COVID... And a couple of people have fucked off to Afcon and they've managed to get it postponed. That's absolutely yeah, ludicrous, is that? I mean, when Leeds had a twelve-year-old on bench a couple of weeks ago as well. Well, you look at yesterday's bench was 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds. You know, it looked like the also second under under fifteens. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> a bunch out. of kids, and honestly, if we've got kids and stuff, and it were like we'd school trip or something, you know, a couple youth of players getting from bench. Leeds United, you honestly, and yeah, things like we played Arsenal in that one fixture that survived that great weekend when everything got called off with Prem. They yeah. had us 4-1 and we had a lot of kids out and we had, you know, rightly so, there were no COVID cases at that time, so we kind of carried on. But, yeah, I just feel like, and it's something I'll cover later on, because obviously we've got a segment later on around recent headlines and stuff like that, as we've talked about, but 
I just feel like, yeah, it's a cop-out. We played yesterday, quite rightly, and got a great result. So, to be honest with you, long may that continue. If we can play, let's play. Yeah. And let's keep on, you know, putting in performances like yesterday. But that's enough about, obviously, the Mighty Whites, I guess. This is a joint podcast. You've got two games. To oh, that's all right. We've got, another, um, we've got another an hour before we hit Hockey Day territory. <laughs> I mean, you've got two games last week. I mean, starting off with that ridiculous 0-0 draw in Cup where you have 70% possession, but yet Arsenal claimed it's a yeah. victory. The one, that, the one where we lost 0-0. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, where's your head with How do you feel about that game? The thing is, with, with teams that Liverpool play, if if we have to win, and they, they, they if the team does, that we're playing doesn't want to win, then we don't win. If they can just sit there and play out a 0-0 draw and just dig their heels in, we don't seem to be able to break teams down. We showed that against Chelsea. When they had a man sent off, we showed it against Arsenal the other day. Seasons gone by, we showed it against teams like Burnley, and Burnley had beat us by beating us on counter attack. If they sort of, it used to be, you know, when Chelsea had Mourinho and it were the the old school air quotes defensive masterclass. It's just boring yeah, football. Exactly. If a team don't want to play out, they want to sit compact, two banks of four, and maybe one or two strikers, you know, sort of stood on halfway line ready to counter attack then we can't win against them. We don't seem to have that person. Thiago seemed to be able to sort of unlock a couple of doors, but we don't seem to have that person in midfield that can sort of grab the game by its scruff at neck. And I thought that that's what we're going to happen yesterday up until Fabinho got his header. But against Arsenal, they, they didn't want to win and they didn't need to win. The Sending off just changed the complexion of the game completely. 11 versus Absolutely. 11, I think it might have been a result to us because they'd have had to come out. But as soon as Xhaka decided to do a crane kick on Jota on edge area, that were it. They just sat back and they thought, you know what, we'll play for nil nil, cough, 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 we'll get a game postponed and then we'll play them. And then well, all if, they need if, to if do if is get play, a goal. If they play on Thursday, it's Thursday, is it Wednesday, Thursday again? Thursday. Sure it was, yeah, Thursday. So, I mean, if they play, yeah, that is, you know, we can cover that off hopefully at the end of the preview next week's well, game. Well, there might be some I mean, miraculous yeah. recoveries. It's only one case of COVID from what I've heard, it's Erdegaard. So, one case of COVID, but like I was saying before, Leeds had a 15 year old on bench couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, and no word of a lie, we were listening to the teams get announced and we were driving home and my son said, is that legal? Is it legal to have a 15-year-old on bench? Yeah, so... I mean, he's literally going to school this morning. <laughs> yeah. He's sat in year 11 issue. He's done right? his own work. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No he's doing his own work before league. he gets subbed on. He's like, oh, I can't come. I've still got uh, numbots to do before I get on pitch. Imagine that's an excuse about you and your own work. Like, yeah. I'll sat on bench late tonight. Shut up. Get, get, yeah. get to I'll show you. Like, no, I promise you my name, you know, <laughs> yeah, young guy yesterday, 15 year old. <laughs> Don't get me homework, no, yeah. I sat on bench at Leeds. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought professional, I, I, I mean, even wrote down in my little notes that I made here that I thought you were dominant, but professional yesterday. I mean, 3 0, Brentford had an easy side, you know, they pushed you in game, you know, earlier on in the season. And I think yeah. you, just, you did what you had to do yesterday, you know, you had the players you had, you're missing, you're missing your entire, your, your, your entire, in terms of attacking force, I mean, Mane and Salah. You know, we can cover them off later on Eddie and over in AFCON because it's a crazy tournament. But yeah, yeah, in terms of Brentford, you did a great job. And I think routine 3-0 win, I guess, you know, you probably do the same to us when we meet again, if we ever do. From what I looked at, there's nothing sort of forthcoming in when this this fixture is going to get played out. So We'll have to wait and see on that. But I think it was a good good few days. I mean, you've avoided defeat. And I guess that's the thing in everything, isn't it? Good victory yesterday. I imagine that the cup you'd be all right in cup, but yeah, I thought it was a good, uh, good week. It was a, a solid performance, but I think there's still some key areas that I think we're lacking, and I think we need sort of Henderson played well, but I think we need a box-to-box midfielder that can sort of take a couple of players on. Yesterday, I was watching Matip, and Matip were playing as if he were in midfield, so it looks like at some point he might get a little trial out in midfield. So it can take a couple of players on, but then like uh, Ailing, once he gets to to the shot, it's sort of. Shit, not not quite sure what to do here. And then it, it's exactly. sort of rolled think, in at goalkeeper. It kind of segues us really nice to, to, to preview for next week, didn't we? I mean, you again, you've got two games. You seem to be rich in games at the moment, you. But um, I guess while we're on that vein of, of Liverpool, how do you see it going against Arsenal? What do you think will happen in the return leg? Or what are you hoping for? I mean, obviously you want to win, but how do you think that's going to play out? I'd hope that we were, we, we were going to win. But if we lost, I wouldn't. I won't cry into my uh, my cornflakes if I'm being honest. It's not it's not the priority. It's sort of 
in past you look at sort of teams that Klopp's put out and there are a couple of youngsters and there are a couple of fringe players and stuff like that. But I think if Mane and Salah were there, there's a potential that neither of them would have probably started anyway. So I see what team he puts out, but if we lose, we lose. And if we win, you know, it's a final and it's a cup. We'll probably have Salah and Mane back then. I'm not quite sure when final is. But, you know, we'll have to play it by ear in, in terms of how many times Arsenal can cough and get it postponed. But if it's just, just a decent, cheeky I mean, 1-0 one, then you know I'm fine with that. And if it's a 1-0 loss, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm well, really impartial with it. I know it's I know it's bad because it's a day out for fans and it's a cup and you know it goes in trophy cabinet, but it, it's not up there with priorities of Champs League, you know, winning league, or even chasing City down. It's it's not up there, but it's it's sort of a, a free hit. It sounds like that. I mean, we talked about having a bit of fun, didn't we, with uh, predictions. So are we going to nail the scores on the doors and see who's right and who's wrong next week? I mean, we said we'd have a bit of fun with this. So what, what, what's your prediction, Liverpool, Arsenal? Where do you see that going? I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. I'm going to nail the fact at last. I was going to say the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm going 2-1 Liverpool as well. So, I mean, if we don't back it now, we're both stupid because we've both called it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I do think, yeah, 2-1 Liverpool my prediction as well. What goes low down the scorers, you know, attendance... Time yeah. the first goal and all that. We'll just keep it over if you were scoring. Yeah, we'll keep it civil for now. Slightly tougher than that. I will. I say tougher than that. I don't know. I mean, Palace away. How do you see that? I'm going at weekend. What, what are you thinking for that? Palace are so hit and miss this season. I've seen uh, when when they played City. I think they were eighteen to one, and I put fiver on that. Just just for mad laugh. Just because I thought, you know what, Vieira's got them playing well. They're not a bad team, and I thought eighteen to one were a massive price, and obviously it came in at two yeah. 0 but. Again, it just depends on what Palace turn up. Uh, from what I've seen of Gallagher, Gallagher looks like one of the best players in, currently in, in the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah, he's definitely not going to be I know he's on loan, but no, he's not, not going to be there next season. He's on loan and stuff you know, like that. What he wants to for them, you know, it's going to be, uh, yeah, he's going to go somewhere, isn't he? And I think he will, uh, yeah, he will obviously get a big move. It depends, doesn't it? Because Chelsea have normally got about 137 players on loan, so he might just slot in there, but I, I can't see him displacing yeah. anybody that's currently in there. Maybe... Kovacic no, goes somewhere else or Mount gets an injury or whatever. I can see him sort of being in and around the first team. He's proved himself this season at least. But I'd hope we had enough to beat Palace. But What we're I saying, think, prediction? It, it all depends on sort of it, it's what team comes out of the Arsenal match if we get any injuries or anything like that. So Absolutely. I'm going to go with, we're away as well, and Thursday, Sunday games, there's not much turnaround, I think they'll all be saying in ETAP Hotel in London somewhere, so they don't have to go and come back, Uh, I'm going to go with 3-0 Liverpool. That's bold, but I like it, love that prediction, absolutely love that, and I mean... From from what I've seen in Minamino yesterday, I know Oxlade started, but I, I, I don't think he's got the quality to carry us forward. He's had too many knocks, too many niggles, and I think he's sort of he's lost that half turn of pace, which he sort of relied on earlier in his career. But I think he's sort of the se- the second goal, which were an header. I think it took a nick off a defender and he scored an header. If I'm, if I'm being honest, on, on first watch, I thought he were a bit lucky to get the header, and then on a rewatch, I like and he might have meant it. But then again, he got injured anyway, so I'm not sure how his ankles holding up. But Minamino's looks all right. He, he were only on pitch about three seconds before he scored. And that third goal, it were a bit of like a five-a-side game. They were they were fannying about at back, and you know they got closed down. They just decided gonna... that they were going to be Man City for five minutes, and then they just lost ball. I think I'm going to go two 0 That's my prediction. I think two 0 Liverpool. I still think Liverpool are strong enough. I feel like Palace. You know, yeah, like you say, they're at home. Vieira had them playing, but yeah, I can't see anything other than an away result really. So I'm going to go two 0 to make it a bit interesting between us, and then obviously they'll see what happens there. But yeah, that leaves us nicely to to my team. I mean, huge. Huge game next Saturday, Newcastle. Point um, game. It really is. Would you say it were a six pointer, or would you just say it's it's just a normal game? You know, I know (laughs) managers in Premier League. You know, it's just another game like every other game. But is this a six pointer? Is this the the one that you're expected to win? The West Ham were a favourite, and this is the one that you're expected to win to get the points. Yeah, I'd expect us to beat them. I'd expect us to win at home. I think we've got enough to beat Newcastle. Irrelevant to new signings. I don't think they. And again. Now, I'm going to go on to Chris Wood a bit later when we talk about other segments because I've got a few things to say about Chris Wood. And obviously, we've been there before with him not being at Leeds. But, um, yeah, in terms of that game next week, I Keep think we will we will beat them, I believe. And I think 
Again, we've got Liverpool coming back. I mean, Bamford, the rumour had it that his, his girlfriend went into labour yesterday. I don't know how true that is. It's a Twitter rumour. There's been no announcement from Bamford or anything like that. I'd love to say congratulations to him. But the rumour has it that his, his, his girlfriend, who was due a baby, um, was in hospital. or, or worried if she was going into labour and she so. wasn't due a baby. Well, exactly that, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know. She's gone into labour, you know but I mean? she decided to become a politician. You know the context of what I meant. <laughs> in terms of is it is it a routine checkup? Is it something else? I don't know if she's due to be honest. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a devout Leeds fan, but I don't follow you know due no, dates of no, babies. You know, it's um, cross the line at Wags. I'm going to say yeah. You know, you know the girlfriend's side Instagram and that, don't you? But you don't quite know when the birthdays are and what we're doing no. on the to say and stuff like some fans do. But um, yeah, I think prediction for that. I'm going to go boldly. Boy, Boy I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the match. It's yeah, about I'll, baby. I'll fuck that. It doesn't matter about that. Is he having a boy or is he having a girl? I think, and it might, you might think I'm bold because he scored a few goals at last two games, but I'm going to go 3 1 Leeds. I <laughs> genuinely believe that um, that we can do it. So, my prediction Where's your goals coming be... from? Is Jack going to keep going? Is Raf going to pop up with a couple? Has, Paddy? He has scored recently. I think I listen, and I think, interestingly, Bamford does come back and play. I fancy him a bag because he buried against Brentford that late equaliser, which is a key goal when you look back on that now. And I think, yeah, Madison, I think if Bamford comes back, I think he'll be on there. And you can't rule out Rafinha. We talked about Rafinha last week, didn't we, about my opinion of him potentially, you know, maybe not looking as bothered. And I, I felt like I was a bit harsh. So I listened back to last week and I felt like I criticised him. And then you look on Twitter and stuff and, and Facebook and people are like, he's our best player. And even Bielsa said this week, Rafinha's the best player at our club. You know, he's going to be hard to keep all of him. There'll be a lot of teams and sniffing around him. It will. And I won't mean it to say last week that he's not a good player. You know, I never cast aspersions on his on his actual ability. What I was saying is no, the attitude sometimes. Out. And you saw a bit of that yesterday. You know, again yesterday we were driving force, we were trying to make things happen, but he, he went missing for large parts of the game because we didn't bring him into it. And Ariston outshot him completely on the side, didn't he? Because of his, you know, the goals and that. And yeah, I feel like Rafinha is always assist, good for it. The assist for thing. the third goal were absolutely unbelievable. And the free kick yeah, was well, at the woodwork. Yeah. So That's he's putting a shift you know, in. Oh, well, he put a shift in yesterday, at least. Obviously, he's listened to the podcast and he's um, he's improved. I believe so. I mean, if he also talking about, you know, his long-term career, long-term future or a successor, he might be looking at him right here, you know. I'm not going to be day job. You know, a new head coach at Leeds United. I mean, I've been waiting to put this in, actually. I'll get your prediction first. i get your prediction for our game next week and I've got a little bit of an update from last week. But what were you saying about Leeds and Newcastle? Where's your... Uh, Do you know what I'm going to go with? Crew? I'm going to go with 2-1 leads and they're sending off in the match because I think it's going to be one of them. Maybe Rafinha knocks ball, you know, like a slightly loose control and it sort of goes a couple of yards in front of him and then he gets walloped by a Newcastle player and it's a sending off. But I wanted to ask you a question. Who do you prefer? I know you're a staunch Leeds fan and try to look at it as impartially as you can. Alan St-Maximum or Rafinha? St-Maximum is a quality, quality player. You know, I, I actually was talking about that to somebody this morning and I just think he's fantastic. I mean, the poker are different things. I feel like Rafinha's good at making those sort of runs on edge at box and whipping him in, you know, his set pieces are good, he's got a good eye, you know, he can play a ball that sometimes you might not see set maximum play. But as a proper driving force, my set maximum's got that ability to run, cut in, you know, he's got an eye for goal, and he has so a feet an hard one. It is really hard at as well. I'd love both, to be honest, but I am an admirer and I've been an admirer. If you had, if you had a free time. football manager token, you could either choose St. Maximum or Rafinha, where are you going? If I put my neutral hat on and I'm being really controversial, I would probably say St. Maximum, if I'm honest. I will club at the moment. One. I feel like I, I just like him. It is tough and I like Rafinha. And don't, I don't want to come across as a Rafinha hater because I'm not. No. Obviously, he's a great player and... I'm trying not to get too attached to Rafinha because I feel like he's going to be gone at summer. Yeah, he's, got a, bit of a, he's, he's so, got a bit of a substitute geography teacher vibe about him, hasn't he? That you don't yeah, want to love like, him, you know, but you, you, you're you know, sort of lending him for a while and then he's going to one of a school. This is it. You know, it's honestly like, you know, you see... Stepdad. You might see a, a footballer's get a new girlfriend, don't they? She's a model and she's a Victoria's Secret model and you show her Instagram and everybody loves her and then they split up three weeks later. So you always know that that ain't going to be his wife. It's like Kylie and Jason from Neighbours. You don't want to love her. Absolutely. It's all going to end in tears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't you know, want to get attached. Drama, don't yeah, you don't want to get attached to him, do you? So that's kind of the thing. And if he does stay fantastic, and what, one thing I will say is I support any player that wears that shirt. I don't hate Rafinha. I might come across as a, an anti-Rafinha kind of man, especially if he's at maximum. But I just feel like um, 
I, I do like him, but again, we've got some good players on our team, and I think it's no players bigger than your club. No. I've always said that. I no. have always said that. You know, there's no one man that's bigger than that shirt, and no matter who you are, even if you're a big superstar like you know, Mah- you know, Mo Salah. You know, it doesn't matter if you're Salah or you're not, or you're Bamford or you're Rafinha or you're anybody. You're never bigger than your club. It's no. always about that badge on your chest and you know the, the full team behind you rather than one man. But side before we'll self. See. I'd rather have him and not have him. You know, I'd rather have yeah. him that team not than not. But um, yeah, I do believe that. Um, I think it. Yeah, I think I think just got to say, aren't we? Let's just see how it goes next Saturday. Also, Rafinha that trick. He's listening to me now and thinking, I better show him what I can do here. And, you know, In terms of showboating, I think St Maximum's better, but I think Rafinha's got slightly better end product. Yeah. I think nine well, times yeah, out of ten, Rafinha can sort of beat a man and then there's a bit of a cross, whereas St Maximum yeah. might sort of dribble and then lose ball a bit and then a bit of flair and, and then beat three or four men, but then nothing. So he's really... I know he's, he probably might get in team at season, just just on skill. Or even on suspension or whatever, but for me, I think I'd have to choose Rafinha. Just even on I'd free like kicks, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if Saint Maximum take free kicks, but a good I'd indicator like of that match football. would be Rafinha. I think it was last game that both Leeds and uh, Newcastle played. Rafinha and Saint Maximum two shots on target each. That's the um, Bucky's pundit. I'm, I'm going to have to get a little jingle for that one. The Bucky's punt of the week. Yeah, I remember you having actually. I do remember that bit and. Um... It's an interesting one, and that also got ahead. Like bas- I think it'll be like a bit of a basketball match. You score, we score. You score, we score. Yeah, well, that, that's our that's our club, and it'd be also players like that. You know, he likes that to be the case with it. So, yeah, I think I guess I'm just being greedy a little bit as well because we've got Rafinha. So I've seen him play, but I'd like to see St. Maximum at a, a better club. No disrespect to Newcastle, but the richest if he were at Chelsea or an Arsenal or a Liverpool, what could he do in a proper top four side? I think because I, I feel think like he'll the be sniffing as well. Because they like to have yeah. it, especially if they get rid of Sterling. That's it. I think what we do at a big club, and I feel like he might actually then catapult himself. And same with Rafinha. You know, we are a decent side in terms of size and stature. But if, 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 if Rafinha goes to Liverpool, for example, will he really, really excel? And, will, and he's already a Brazilian international, so he can't get much further than that. No. But I mean, will he actually, you know, truly show the world? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And, you know, you'll really see it week in, week out with him. And maybe it'll get his mojo going a bit. But, you know, like I said yesterday, put his shift in, played his part, great assist, great result. Let's keep that going. And um, yeah, I don't want anyone, anyone listening to this think I'm not a Rafa fan because I definitely sense. am. I'm just scared of getting too attached to him, I think, because <laughs> I don't feel like it's going to be a long list story with him. I feel like at end of the season, no. where he goes, and I've got a new love in my life. But um, you've got Stuart Dallas, you know, over there again doing his founder of appearance in, in a few seasons. You know, that's the kind of thing that we're at. You know, some plays you know you've got forever, some plays you know you don't have. But, that's the way football is, isn't it? But what I wanted to update you on, it's a really big one. One of our big fans, David Ockerday. Yeah. Um, we talked about Can't him last week, didn't we? About Yeah, we talked about him. You know, I, I referenced him and then I had the audacity to think he'd be listening to me. But basically, the update on this guy now is that he's actually the head of male football at South Gloucestershire and Shroud College. Because obviously they've got a massive manager. female development at South Gloucester and wherever it was. I like how it has to specify yeah. that it's male. That's, That's it, you know, head of, head of male football, so he's, he's had a bit of a downward. His trajectory's gone a bit down as manager, you know, he was kind of Forest Green, Leeds, Coventry City, Kidderminster Harriers, and then he's become a college teacher, basically. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yes, they might listen. We talked about it last week, and like, he didn't have time to listen to that podcast. I'll, I'll try and get him on. I'll it. get my people to get in touch with his people. We might not have much to pay him, though. Budget's a bit small, isn't it? Yeah, minute, so, we, uh, you know, so we get those advertisement deals. We'll get him on the <laughs> yeah. So end of season. So yeah, I think great, great update on Akadir there. But I thought I'd drop that in because you know I'm sure everyone's wondering what. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think we need one of them every week now. Just like, where is he at this week? Yeah, what he's tweeted, what he's had for his breakfast. If his uh, wife's gone into labour. Well, uh, there's, 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 there's got to be got to be a baby update on the sort exactly. for this week. If we find out, there should be uh, some update on that as well. Hopefully, I hope on it for her sake. She ain't waiting another week. No, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just have to see. That'll be a long labour, won't it? <laughs> so I guess next thing up and this is probably going to be a short segment for us too transfers transfer updates and rumours so I don't mind starting in goings or well we've had one outgoing this week well last week should I say at the time it's going out and um, that was the Cody drama that went on loan to Cardiff but it actually caused a little bit of drama no pun intended ironic um, 
we sort of loaned him out, but it's transpired that Bielsa didn't want to loan him out. Um, he went out in his press conference this week and said that he didn't believe the player needed to leave. He could have stayed at Leeds and got games. So, in other words, drama's kind of cut his ties with Bielsa, which is the last thing you want to do. Yeah, that's, that that's probably Bielsa his because, last move in a Leeds shirt while Bielsa. Yeah, look at, look at Janssen. Janssen, cut his, you know, Janssen upset him and, and he was sold to America subsequently in the summer of that year. So, um, yeah, but drama went on forever. He deleted all his pictures from Instagram of him in the lead shirt. Oh, no. And he, oh, I did, and he unfollowed the club. <laughs> like and he an also, teenager. Literally, and he put on his bio on loan at Cardiff City. Uh, did he City. put Didn't uh, even relationship status, it's complicated? Did he do that yeah, one? exactly that. That's his Facebook, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he's basically threw his dummy out at Pram, and it sounds like another agent kind of ruling the roost over a player, but I get the kid wants to play football, and I would never knock a kid's development in football, but don't act like that. You know, don't throw your toys out. I don't think we'll see him back at Leeds. And if he comes back, he'll welcome back because that's how we are with players. Yeah. But, to be yeah, fair, it's, it's not as much. if youth at Leeds don't get a chance. If they've got a 15-year-old on bench, if you're going to put a shift in and you've got the talent and you've got the drive and you've got the ability, you're going to get a chance. Especially, yeah. obviously, with COVID cases and stuff like that and injuries and AFCON and stuff like that, this is probably the best time. Like, I've, I've heard a couple of pundits talking, this is probably the best time for Arsenal to be at Arsenal as, as a youngster, like... What's the whole point in having an academy if you're not going to play them? Like that is very true. There's there's yeah, no point in having it there if if you're not going to play them when the when the time's perfect for them to step up to play it. So, so and he has got that time, you know. Look at Firpo. Took it well. It looks like Firpo and Farshaw both got hamstring yesterday. Went had any news from club this morning yet? But I'm assuming we'll have an update later in week in terms of we'd have a game on Saturday. But yeah, he would have had a chance to slot into that defence potentially on Saturday. So, he, I mean, we've got plenty of central defenders that can play out there. You know, strike can play out there. He sort of drifted out there yesterday a little bit with Firpo went off. And I feel like we've got Robin Cock, you know, we've got Ailing, we've got, you know, sort of a lot of cover. So I do believe that although we've got players missing, I think we can cover we can cover it if we need to. But yeah, I don't think he needed to do what he did. He, he, he deserves to go on and play football. Every footballer's dream is to play games and I don't knock him for that. So... Yeah, in terms of what he's done, he's done it for the right reasons. But yeah, he's just not going to buy it the right way. No, and yeah, you don't do that. Do you sort of um, just cutting your ties out? You really, that's not ideal. But another one that we're linked with, actually incoming this time. That's the only outgoing at least. I can't see him anymore outgoing, apart from maybe loans for fringe players. We've got a lot of players on loan anyway at the minute at, at clubs overseas. So we've been linked with this um, gentleman, Nicholas Raskin. Now I don't know a lot about him. I don't profess to have gone on YouTube and looked at his greatest hits on YouTube. And uh, anybody can you know, be a superstar on YouTube, though, if you've got you know your exactly dad's that, editing videos. It's been sort of announced as a pit bull, um, a little bit of a pit bull type player, probably a Bielsa style player. Uh, Six million quid is the muted transfer fee for him. Where's this um, from? Sorry, Mark. He, he plays for Standard Liège yesterday in Sandalex, so he is sort of starting regularly for them. So I don't think he's going to sign as a twenty-three. I think he will come in and potentially be competing for the first-team squad, but who knows with Leeds? Rumours are always out about us, and, you know, we, we can believe with everyone. You know, that's, that's £6 million pounds in, in sort of Leeds money is about £120 million pound for, a, for a, like a London-based club, isn't it? Look at, look at Rafinha, though. You know, we paid, what, 18, 10, I think 10, it was. Like 10, 14, 18 million. There's, there's been loads of different... I mean, there's that many fees yeah. that get talked about online. The club never really talk about it, which I no, like about Leeds. Agents you know, and people's families it. and stuff like that. But even that, you know, a player that we're now touting for 100 million if he does leave Leeds, and that's obviously estimating a bit of an influence, you know, a bit of a fluctuation in, in, in transfer fees. But yeah, you know, that is, for me, quite a quite a, an interesting a good thing. We have got a knack of it. We've got a knack of getting players in for barely anything and turning them into something. So I do believe in Victor Orta. People dislike him at club. But I think he has done a good job. He was hated at first in Championship and he brought in a lot of crap players. And it was like, oh, let's just get him in for safety. But I do believe the business he's done since he's been, you know, last couple of years and the last year in Championship, I think the business he has done has been great. So I can't criticise him personally. And then one more that I've got in a question mark here. He's not been rumoured to come into Leeds, but Christian Eriksen. Why do we not put our right in that ring? You know, Brentford have come out and said they fancy him. Why are we not maybe for an hour? We might, we might be. Do you know I what? Think I would, I'll, I'll, throw you a, I'll throw you a, a, my opinion on probably why Leeds don't want him. Because Leeds work ridiculously hard. Now, if you've got a heart problem in any way, shape or form, that's it. Like, if you can't run 150 mile a game, 
that's it. You, like, uh, it's not a question of his talent or his ability. It's a, a question. The question mark's going to be over his head for the rest of his career now. Well, I know well, there's. Well, I can't remember it, what yeah. it's called. Um, who plays in Amsterdam? I want to say I, I can't remember. There's also there's a player with a pacemaker uh, in Dutch league for Ajax. Uh, I can't remember for, for life of me who it is now. And they're touted that why didn't Ericsson go back there? Like obviously with his roots and stuff like that. But f- for Playing for like a top, top, top tier side like a City or a Liverpool, or just based on pure work ethic alone, I think Leeds are just grinding it at ground. I don't think that is even the healthiest of healthiest people. You seem like Bamford is is sort of fairly regularly injured now, isn't he? And if you've got like well, a, any yeah. sort of heart defects now, that's it. Like you can't be you can't be running up and down. It's a great, it is a great point. I think. It's it sort of a double-edged sword, bit, isn't it? Because, yeah, you're right, Bielsa may work him back into uh, problems again. And I think run him in the If he's going to continue playing football, or surely if you're a, a team in top flight, you know it's quite demanding at Premier League with the schedule of fixtures, especially with the piling up at the moment. Surely he's got to be 100% confident in himself that he can give his all to a team. Because, of his, I mean, he wants to play football. He's literally a young, he's still a young man, isn't he? So, I, think, um, I don't think he's there. Why would you not? No, why, why would you not want to play on at his age? So... I think he might it. just have to change his style of game. He might have to become like a Mascherano, you know, like an old centre, yeah. diff, diff, like a Phillips maybe, you know, pinging ball about, like yeah, a Chav, like an old Xavi Alonso, just sort of like a yeah, quarterback, just, just pinging balls, and... you stay there, try to break up a bit of play, you know, That's not a, a couple of balls. Not just change his style of football so he's not tear-arsing up and down pitch left, right and centre. I feel like it's worth going in for, but like you said, you've got to be careful, aren't you, with players like that. I, think, I don't think, I'm not sure if he'll, he'll get insured. Like, I, I think, well, obviously it's nothing to do with me and I, I don't, I'm not in that inner circle of insurance and stuff like that, but I would have thought that a lot of teams probably won't touch him just based on insurance, just in case anything happens. Like, he's got nah, that mark over point. his head for the rest of his life now. Obviously, there you will be teams who'll, who'll take a punt on him and stuff like that. Like you say, Brentford have already thrown their ring in at hat in the ring so to speak so and it's it's interesting because you know Serie A have turned around and said I'm sorry but you know you can't play here because you're essentially banned based on the pacemaker rule well it's the ICD rule isn't it it's kind of um, yeah they're saying that you can't play but um, yeah I mean it's, it's where have they made that rule up from though it's, it's a strange <laughs> one yeah, oh like, yeah rule 15 paragraph A you can't have a pacemaker see you later I don't know of any other leagues that do it because I haven't looked into it in no. detail to be a comment. But um, you know, it seems like Premier League are open to it. You know, Dutch league seems all right. You know, in terms of um, yeah, there's other teams. I don't think there's many well, many top flight leagues. Ajax are a good team. Well. They've been in Champions League. You know, other season they nearly beat Spurs and they were like progressing in quarters and stuff like that. So it's not a bad team to go back to. Plus, he's got his you no, know his roots quality. there already. I, I don't I can't I do see believe- it being as intense as a Premier League or a La Liga. Or a Serie A, like you say. Maybe French League, maybe there's someone in French League that would want him, you know. I can't see PSG wanting him, but there's other teams of lesser stature than PSG that, that are probably going for him. And I'm not sure Finland what their pace mechanisms well. are. I think Conte said that he would he, welcome him back at Spurs, but he, he actually managed him, didn't he? So, yeah. so I think um, the in Spurs link is inevitable. Yeah, the, 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 the Spurs link is inevitable, I think, again, because um, they probably feel like they might not have a duty to him, but he was a bit of a servant for them, wasn't he? Yeah. So I feel like that's always going to be linked. But what about what about what about the Reds? What about Liverpool? Any transfer news, ins, outs, potentials, any rumours going on? I don't know. The thing is with Klopp, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. But one rumour that I've heard uh, is that we are sniffing around Leeds' own Calvin Phillips and yeah, Real Madrid. Weirdly enough, two two teams yeah, sniffing around him. It's not so, going to go away that one. I don't think. No, I and don't think it is. It's but do you think that it'd be more likely if Phillips left if he stayed up or if he went down? I think if you go down, I think he definitely leaves. Um, because for me, he's going to think about World Cup, isn't he, next year? And Gareth Southgate loves him anyway. You saw how often he's played him in, in, in that role in, in England setup. But I feel like he does deserve Premier League football, does the kid? And if we do go down, I would have no qualms. And again, I don't even go into United to talk like this last week, didn't we? But. Um, yeah, for me, if he went to Liverpool, my heart would be heavy, but at the same time, you'd be getting a player there. As long as he got treated right and he got played, 
He, like, look at Grealish, for example. I think he's made the biggest mistake of his life. He wanted it. He wanted Grealish. City are good at ruining agree, young English talent, though, aren't they? The, I just, the yeah, I feel like people. he's playing now and again for Klopp. I mean, for Klopp, for Guardiola. You know, he's playing for Guardiola now and again. He's, but I think Exactly. He doesn't stand out, does he? He played over no. there for him, and I thought, yeah, he looks all right. He's a little pond. It's a bit like what Zaha yeah, exactly. won when he went from Palace to, to uh, Man U. Exactly. He's gone from a big fish in a little pond to a big club, or a quote-unquote bigger club. And then realised they can't cut it there and gone back. You've got Phillips and Rafinha that are both on Liverpool shopping list. I mean, how much money have you got to spend? Because um, it's going to cost you a lot of money to prize them two away unless you send somebody back the other way. Not Milner. I'm not having Milner for uh, Phillips <laughs> and Rafinha. It's a straight I, I, I love Milner, but I'm sorry. He's not, he's not demanding I think Milner will come, feet, come back but... to Leeds in a coaching capacity rather than a playing capacity. Yeah. I think he's got enough about him as a professional footballer that if he can't give 100% and he can't keep up to the levels that are required of him, then he won't go as a player. If, if he can't stand up to the rigour, like we've just talked about Ericsson then, if he can't, if Milner yeah. can't stand up to the rigour of playing 90 minutes, full throttle football, week in, week out, then I don't think he'd go back as a player. I think he'd go back and work under Bielsa and Tyrone and then try to get his coaching badges. Oh, that's an interesting so one. I think we'll have to see, see how that plays out. But yeah, I think it all depends on where we finish this year. I think it depends on do the club have intent to invest. I mean, the 49ers, is argued, there's, there's rumours that they will basically buy Rodgers Arnie out at the end of the season. I mean, we are on quite, quite a big stake of the 49ers at the minute. And two, I think two people that are currently stakeholders in Leeds with one. Is it 56 like, In uh, terms of percentage? No. I'd need to do a, a check on that actually because I'm not 100% on it. So I don't want to guess, I don't want to guess 100% of the figures, but I'd, yeah, it's, um, we'd have to have a look at that. But I do know that they do want a decent chunk in that. So, um, yeah, we'd have to have a look at sort of how that progresses because I do believe that if, for example, the 49ers do complete a full takeover, would they want to do that in, in championship? You know, this is the argument that comes up, doesn't it? So I think they're going to work now on the assumption that Leeds have got enough to stay in Premier League. Like I think th- there's four teams that are sort of half nailed on. I think Norwich, and I know they've, they've, they've won a couple of games. Norwich, Newcastle, Watford are sort of floating out there and Burnley are floating. So it's like all you need to do to, do to stay up is be less shit than them. And currently Leeds are less shit than them. So let's just work on the assumption that Anything above 16th place is a bonus, but Leeds are probably staying up this season. So it's currently 56-44. That's the percentage split at the moment. So they are, you know, the the, the all 44 percent is it currently stands at 49 or so. That that would be a case of just buying out the rest of, of obviously the shares in the club. So yeah, 44 percent is a pretty significant investment if you ask me. You know, they're pretty much it's, it's you know it's, it's it's one of them that if they want to then go over and take the rest of the club over. Yeah, you know, more be it. You know, there's some big money in there. I mean, I follow, I follow NFL anyway. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm a sadly a New York Giants fan, which isn't great. So you're not be a 49ers fan. No, I'm actually <laughs> not controversially. I've been a Giants fan for a lot of years before they got involved with the United. So, yeah, I'm not going to change my team just because they took over my football club. I'm not one of those, you know, fair weather fans that changes teams. So, um, to be yeah, fair, the, the that, American sort of influence in the Premier League, there's like LeBron James at Liverpool as well. He's a, he's a sort of shareholder at Liverpool currently, and that's why I'm a bit of a Lakers fan. But I switched. That's it. Yeah, it does it does influence if you're not um, if you're not sort of. I've got no loyalties or ties to anywhere in America, no. so you can sort of pick and choose. It's not like that's I was born it. in Denver, so I've got to be a Denver, Colorado's fan or anything like that. And I sort of, I just love New York. I mean, I'm fascinated by the city, so I kind of, I like the Giants, I like the Knicks. You know, I've not, I say I'm not a huge ice hockey fan. I don't follow the NHL, but obviously I've been to a couple of Leeds Knights games now in terms of ice hockey. So, you know, you start to sort of um, get a bit of an affection for that. But they're Leeds anyway, so that's fine. I can either support them. But um, yeah, it's one of them that if they do take over, I think there might be some money to go into clubs. So Phillips might look at that and say, right, 49ers are in. They're going to put in two, three hundred million quid. You know, I'll stay. Let's see what we can build, and can we then push for top ten? And can we push for where does your money go? Though, if you look at Newcastle, we've spoke about Newcastle previously, and I know you've got Chris Woods to touch upon. Not like literally, that'd just be weird. But look at Newcastle. Oh, they've got all the money in the world now, and they're still signing players. Trippier, Woods, like what? What's happening there? Then where Leeds could avoid having to buy? And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but they're not the players that I'd be signing personally to get me out of a relegation battle, to build on, to get me 
five years time in Champs League or six years time pushing for league or anything like that, where where a Leeds going to do it differently to what Newcastle are currently doing it with? I'm not going to say average players because they're better than average players, but I wouldn't want Chris Woods. I want to be wouldn't want to be relying on Chris Woods to be banging in goals for my club if exactly. the current club that he's coming from are that much better than what what he's going to. Like Burnley, I don't see him banging in Atrix left, right, and centre for Burnley. So why why would you sort of try and get him in to, to score for you when he's currently not doing it at the club that he's at? And that is a brilliant, brilliant segue. Whether you intend to do that or not, we talked about Chris Wood earlier, didn't we? And I sort of, looking at recent headlines within within the Premier League football world, one thing I've got here, and it's a really big one because it involves Salah as well, but for me, player loyalty. So what I've written down, and I know it's an easy thing to say, but player loyalty in the current day, how is it? I mean, Chris Wood, great example. He was at Leeds. 2017 comes, winning championship, we're trying to get into the Premier League, we've been fighting for years to do so. Burnley come in, you know, a decent bid, but Burnley come in for him and he's like, he actually put a screenshot of his notes on his phone, I don't know if you've ever seen this. No. He put his notes out and it said, due to sort of interest from other clubs, I don't think it's fair for me to play today. And he posted to Leeds fans on his, on his Twitter and we just thought, on Instagram or whatever he posted on, but I was just like, what? And he decided not to play for us that day, and then he joined Burnley subsequently. And to be honest, his career has not really gone upward, does it, from Burnley? They've no. survived that skin of a teeth every year. Took a short trip and then across the M62. He showed no loyalty to Leeds. And I know football motivates them. It's a short career, so money will motivate them more than football, in my eyes, in some players. But, you know, when he went to Burnley, probably, he's got a bit of money. I mean, Premier League football, probably one thing, but they must have offered him a decent whack as well. And then Newcastle come knocking. He's basically relegated Burnley by leaving them. And I'll be honest, I think that is the case. We've both said this this week in chats we've had. And I feel like Chris Woods just turned his back on Burnley and said, right, I'm off to Newcastle. Grass is green. We've got millionaire owners. Probably on a decent contract there with a bit of nice little wedge every week. And he could even go down with him. Is it a, is it so a sort of MLS payoff retirement home sort of type thing? Wouldn't it, it be He's not going to win anything there, is it? I mean, the mind's no. stay up, but... As soon as they stay up, if they do, let, let's assume that they do stay up. I don't think personally that they will, but let's assume that they do stay up. So in two seasons' time, when they've got the players that they want to get in, sort of, they've got the manager. I'm not sure if Eddie Howe's going to stay there, sort of thing. That you know, if he's built, allowed allowed to build like long term, but are they going to keep Chris Woods there when they've been linked to Mbappe? Like he's he's going to get paid off again when he leaves Newcastle. In the same way that sort of Benitez has at, uh, at Everton now, you're not going to build your team around Chris Woods, are you? He's going to be one of the first players that, if you do manage to stay up, he's probably going to get binned and end up back at Burnley or Norwich and that's or. It. Yeah, but he's almost like a short-term not... panic buy, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. He's a stopgap, but he's not and even a great stopgap. I mean, he's obviously better than what I am, but I can't see him. <laughs> I can't see no, him. I get it. You know, becoming top scorer in Premier League now that his left team, you know, his, his service might be a bit better from St Maximum or wherever. But and that's I can't why see I alluded him, to I can't you see know, him Premier League on fire now that he's, he's moved clubs. No. And it's that loyalty piece, isn't it? And it's one of them that I just think, yeah, players don't have to be loyal, but even contracts mean nothing now. You could have a four-year no. deal. Don't mean you're going to stay there four years. But I guess the big thing here is I want to put a question to you. I know I've seen, I've seen a lot of neutral fans and some Liverpool fans questioning Salah's loyalty recently because they're saying he's told the club he knows, they know what he wants. What's your view on that? Because for me, from a neutral point of view, we did this for me last week with a couple of your bits, but Salah for me is, is world class. I think he he's, is. He is up there. He is. If not, it, it, it's hard because yeah, I'm obviously it. biased, but I'd say based on current form, there's Lewandowski, Messi, and Salah, and they're sort of all there or thereabouts. Now, yeah, look, if I want to put my Liverpool on, I'd say Salah is currently on form, best player in the world. He's you unplayable. Messi is doing nothing. Messi's doing no. nothing at PSG this season. No, so but I don't understand how he's bowing down. No, well, that's it, and it, you know, I mean, Jorginho, what what's, it, what's he actually done to win his awards? What, what's he done other than take penalties and have a funny run up? I don't understand how he were even mentioned in the same breath as them other players, but yeah. that's by the by. I'll come back on to the question at hand, Your Honour. Um, it's a complex one with Salah. Obviously, he wants more money, he's proved his worth, but then with Liverpool, it's a t- it's as we've spoke about, it's are you doing it for the team or are you doing it for yourself? Because if you look. At Salah and he's on three hundred grand a week, and a lot of the pay, a lot of his teammates are the same same teammates that sort of won the title with him, won the Champs League with him, and he's on three hundred grand a week. Then you're going to be on. Well, 
I'm on 80 grand a week. Why is he on 300 grand a week? Uh, and Mane says, well, why, I want a better contract extension. Fabinho turns around and he says exactly the same. It sort of spirals. Liverpool have been known in the past to sort of cap a player's wage for that exact reason. Like you don't want, like at uh, uh, Man United, they've got De Gea, 300 grand a week. Ronaldo, ridiculous money, 500 grand a week. And, and it's yeah, sort of, exactly. where, where does that line stop? I know that he is currently head and shoulders above everybody else at Liverpool in terms of his ability um, he's unplayable at times. He's, he's absolutely world class, but how much are you willing to pay to keep somebody world class in team? And then it's a case, like you say, of loyalty. He's proved his loyalty by staying, and he's said basically in in no uncertain terms that I will stay if you pay me more money. So how much are you willing? It's sort of a, a give and take on both sides. How much is he worth? Is he worth three hundred grand a week? And then when you pay him 300 grand a week and it comes to everybody else's negotiations, are they worth 300 grand a week? I think it's sort of probably going to get to end at season and then you sort of assess what you've won, what your ingoings are, what your outgoings are, who's going to sort of go, get rid of your dead wood, uh, get rid of your players that sort of don't fit into your structure. And then you you sort of go off that. I would love to turn around and say now, you know, Mohamed Salah, you know, give him what he wants, but what does he want? It's, It's sort of hard. If they're offering him three hundred grand a week and they're prepared to break, you know, the bank and whatever code they've set out to do, then what's to say that it's three hundred grand a week? You know, he could be asking for six hundred grand a week. If you're looking at yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo and you're saying, "Well, he's on five hundred grand a week," and look at what he's doing—he's getting tappings from six yards, and you know, he's not taking four or five players on like the old Ronaldo were, you know, would have done or he were expected to do. I personally think that Ronaldo was sort of a bit of a panic by because they thought he were going to City so it were like sign him at all costs I think City have sort of played a, a good hand there really I think they've said we'll pretend that we're going to sign him so that they sign him and they, they didn't have any intention of signing him all along but that's by the by what I personally believe is I don't know how much sellers you know, it's not going to come out in papers that he wants £1.5 million a week or whatever it's just a case of what does he want and what are we willing to pay and then Somebody comes in middle and there's a bit of a compromise. Now I've read many times that like a very good compromise is when both parties are unsatisfied, and currently both parties are unsatisfied. So if it gets resolved, which it needs to do, I think maybe after Afcon sorted and Egypt do whatever they do, they win it, they don't win it, or whatever. Like, don't mean to be dismissive of stuff, but I've, I've not really invested that much in Afcon. I'm sure you've no, probably want to touch on that at some point. Um, oh, you know me. You know how obsessed I've become with it. Oh, exactly. Right and wrong reasons. But um, I think my final point on that for Salah is 16 goals. Top scorer currently in EPL. He's even taking a bit of time out and no one's catching him. So, um, Who's going to catch think him, he deser- Nah, I think he deserves it, to be honest. I think he de- not deserves to be paid you know, a million pounds a week. But I feel like if Liverpool wants to really sort of step on and plug that gap again to City, if it ends up being a gap at the end of this season, give, give him. You know, he, he, all he said is, you know what I want. But no one pre- what, yeah, what exactly. Is, but he's setting a precedent you know, for everybody else in club to be able to exactly. sort of financially blackmail, not blackmail as such, but, well, I want, if he's getting that, I want that. It's a sort of looking over your shoulder, well, why is he getting that sort of type thing? Exactly. But Hopefully it'll resolve itself. Fingers crossed, it'll get sorted, he'll sign a new contract. I think a lot of times players sign contracts knowing full well that, like you said, it, it doesn't mean anything on paper anyway, so... If Barcelona had more than 50 pence, I think Barcelona would have been in for him. I'm surprised Real Madrid aren't been in for him or PSG. I always thought that he might have got used as sort of some leeway or a bargaining chip for another player like PSG maybe. Wijnaldum coming back because I hadn't heard you know, that his, his, basically his career hadn't taken off as well as what he'd have liked at PSG and he wanted to come back to the Premier League. Like you say, grass is greener. But I always thought that he'd sort of get used as a bargaining chip, maybe like for likes of Mbappe, who's in the last 15 minutes of his contract or whatever. I've not heard of anything about him signing a new contract. So if it were used correctly as, as like a make-way deal for the likes of Mbappe or a Neymar or anything like that, I won't begrudge him leaving if we're not willing to step up to the plate and pay him what he believes is a fair wage. Guess that'll be one to watch. I'm sure we'll have updates on that as it as it plays out, especially when he's back, isn't he? Because if they're going to sign a new contract, it'll be soon before club start sniffing about. But one of our recent headline I've got to cover, I don't know how you feel about it, because I know Klopp got accused of this, but are clubs lying about COVID cases? 
That is a big question I've got. I mean, Arsenal will come up with their one. Leeds had one with Laurenti, and to be honest with you, I believe that to be the case. And then Klopp got accused, didn't he, when you started, you know, getting games postponed. Do, do I'm not saying Klopp's done it, but do we think that clubs could lie about COVID? And what proof do we reckon they're asking for? Yeah. Because, you know, like now... I you know, it's like a gentleman's conduct thing, isn't it? You've got to take your word that... They're not going to send an inspector around and sort of... See if there's anybody coughing at the club, are there? They're not going to... You know, like, now, like if I you know, went like, to work or whatever, they, they won't send anybody around to me out to pay through a window to see if I were coughing or in bed or anything like that. No, You've just got to take I mean, their word. Surely you've got to see proof of the test. You know, I know lateral flow is all we need to do now in terms of the country, even me or you. A positive lateral flow now means you can isolate without having to do a PCR, but yeah. is that there's going to be a photograph, you know? Is it a photo? Oh, I know a lot of employers don't accept just a picture. You've got to send it off to the government, look at yeah. the test. You then get a text back to acknowledge it or an email. That then comes becomes proof. I know, like, my wife's work. She works at school and the staff are off there. They've got to prove via this positive yeah. lateral flow that's been logged on government sites. So I'm wondering what's in place for that because there must be some proof. And that's, that, that, that leads me to believe that clubs can't be lying because, you know, Klopp got accused by fans, but fans will accuse Klopp because a lot of fans don't like Klopp. Likewise with the managers, you know, I, I don't like Arteta for reasons I've explained before. And, you know, I, I don't think us could lie, but it was interesting when I saw that online because there was a big piece around fake COVID and this and that. And I just thought, hmm, can't really accuse somebody when they probably have to prove in black and white that players have tested positive. But I thought that was an interesting one to bring up. I think if you want to quote-unquote fake a COVID test, you could fake a COVID If you look on Google, there's ways of testing positive for COVID if you haven't got positive. So... I think there's ways and means of doing that if you really want to do it. But you, you've got to work on the assumption that they're not lying. It's Exactly. There might be and there might not. I, I don't know how much you follow Super League, but there seem to be a bit of a, a couple of cases with teams in Super League in rugby where teams were playing bigger teams and better teams and, and then mysteriously their camp ended up you know, with a COVID outbreak so they couldn't play them games. But then next week when it were teams that were of similar ability or lesser ability, then, the, you know, everybody were fine and everybody were right. So there were a bit of an uproar, sort of cross-sport COVID in general testing. You know, is it right? Are people lying about outbreaks? But to postpone a game on one case of COVID and AFCON and injuries, that's, that's beyond reproach, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, we've got we've got a touch on AFCON. I think you've mentioned it a few times or so. I won't go in-depth about it, but I think... It's madness. I, I, I wrote in my notes I made for today's podcast that it's just absolute madness. I mean, we've had that referee gate where he blew a whistle in 85th minute and blew it again in 89th minute and went to hospital with sunstroke. I just mean, you can't write it, can you? And I mean, there's been some dodgy penalties, I think, as well, given. VAR's been dodgy. I mean, a guy got sent off in a game the other day and it would have probably a yellow card tackle at best and he got sent off the straight ready. That's the same game where the, the, the referee sort of went mad a bit. So I think that might have just been sunstroke affecting him. But... Did you see that last night with goalkeeper? I have no. the goalkeeper. If I'm being completely honest, up. I haven't followed AFCON at all. I've watched maybe you've 10 got, minutes of one it. game, a couple of minutes of another game, but it reminds me of the World Cup a couple of years ago, and I just I couldn't. It just, my anxiety just went through roof with with them super boovers early. Yeah. I just yeah, I can't get right. on board with it. It's so annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's like a swarm of wasps not, I mean, or bees. It's just. No, thank you. It's you not try and Google that because last night the Ivory Coast goalkeeper one 0 Ivory Coast, and then into the last stages of the game, and he basically went to catch the ball in the area, and then proceeds to throw it out of his hands backwards <laughs> into the path of one of the players, Sierra Leone players. He then falls over almost trying to kick the ball, and he kicks it, and he scores, and it's literally a comedy goal. And I mean, we talked about this a lot, didn't we? About you know, are they doing it on purpose? Is the match fixing? Just a bit of a joke, tongue in cheek for anyone listening that might be offended by a talk about match fixing, but I just feel like some of the stuff that's happening, I just think, is there somebody sat somewhere like Squid Games controlling somebody, these yeah. bloody games? Somebody to benefits like financially from, uh, from yeah. match fixing, whether it's legitimate it's or just, illegitimate. Somebody's going to benefit mental. somewhere from uh, comedy goals and capers. And like the betting patterns, you know, all these tipsters and famous tip accounts on Twitter saying, oh, back under 1.5 goals. Since yeah, that came out, every game got all. two or three. Yeah, there's been like there's been goals with three games in, there's were four goals. The one last night that were four 0 Tunisia, and Tunisia missed the penalty to make it five 0 And I just think it's just crackers. You can't predict it. No one knows what's going on. There are teams that are Is that not football in general though? It probably should be probably, like that, shouldn't yeah. it? It should be like, well, yeah. you know, there were ten nil nil games and then it was six nil and then but it's whoever shows up on day and that's probably the fairest way of looking at football yeah, on think... the whole. But I don't know if there's <laughs> It's hard to assume, and I don't really want to assume, but there probably is some underlying things somewhere where somebody's benefiting financially. 
They're doing the South North Air as well. Some of the I'll, I'll the put that in. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, a, let's that's be, a yeah, let's try and keep it, keep it PC a and diplomatic, all that. yeah, we're looking at it. And I guess the only last thing I've got recent headlines, you have to have an opinion on this, and it's, it, it was obviously breaking news yesterday. I broke it to my son before Sky Sports, so I well pleased with myself because it came out on Twitter, but Rafa Benitez, obviously as a red, you know, blew off at City and now got no manager this morning, so you must have feelings on that. I mean, I, Do you I know, know what? I think it's Rafa. absolutely disgusting that they sacked him. I think he were doing a cracking job. I think long may it continue. I hope he goes to Man United and does a similar similar job. <laughs> you know? I was going to say that, like, just call him a shit rapper. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a lot of memes about it. There's some 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 videos and stuff like that. But the thing is, for me, and all jokes aside and stuff like that, like, what do it? What what do Everton expect? What do they want? Like for me, yeah. Newcastle have, like Leeds. They're a, a one club team. You know, what what are Everton actually wanting? Are they wanting to be in Champions League? Are they wanting to be pushing for a title because they're not the two Everton to to sort of do anything about it? Like they've spent an absolute fortune and done nothing. Like they've had all the money and all the resources and the players that have come in. They had James Rodriguez. He, he he was one of the players of the World Cup a couple of years ago. And what happened to him? They did he did nothing there. Yeah. So is it a case of? Um, I don't. I think the, the sort of problem lies deeper than the manager. I think there's probably stuff going on at board level and stuff like that. I've heard like rumours that there's finances going missing and this, that, and other, and you know there's some wrongdoings there. So I don't think. I think it's a bit of a poison chalice. They're not ever going to warm to a, a Liverpool manager, regardless of whatever uh-huh. it is. It, it's sort of I mean, doomed it, from start. I thought he did a good job. It, like the shortlist, the shortlist made me last you know, to replace him. You know, you've got. I mean, you're looking at Roberto Martinez making a return. I think the new is Frank Lampard, who seems to get linked to every job. David Moyes. Mind you, Lampard can go. I might send him down, Lampard. It might keep us up. I don't think. I don't think he did enough to even get linked with a job. I, did, I mean, he did all right at Derby. Spent a load of money on on that tab that sort of went viral. But it, when he were at Chelsea, I don't think he particularly did anything to you know to set the world on fire. You've got Big Wayne, haven't you? Big Wayne Rooney linked as well. Obviously, that'll be interesting because yeah. going back to the club that made you, you know, I mean, my, my fear there is it'll be a fan favourite. So, not the opposite of Rafa. He hated him, yeah, like he said, yeah. maybe he's doing from start that, type, it will like a poison chalice, won't it? It will never, ever, Rooney, ever do anything. Rooney goes there as, a, as an Everton born and bred fan player. You know, they made him, they, they you know, it's back to sort of where it all started. Like, like Lampard's Chelsea. Oh, I think that's Gerard eventually at Liverpool. A, yeah, and I think that's a disaster. Maybe not in Gerard's case because he's learning his skill. Other clubs first, I think, you know, Rangers to uh, to Villa, to Liverpool, eventually one day and Klopp decides he wants to go have another challenge. I think that's probably a fair transition. Rooney managed Derby, and I, I mean, managing Derby, should we say. I mean, he's doing a cracking job there. Yeah. I, again, I'm not All a, things considered, not a with a 21-point yeah. reduction and the, off the bottom of the league currently. I think I he's like doing I don't well. Like, you know, I don't like Derby. I'm not Rooney's biggest fan, although I spoke about how good I thought he was last week as a player and could have been, you know, bigger. I feel like he's doing a good job as a manager, but he hasn't earned that stripe yet. I no. think Derby at Championship. It's, it's if he keeps league. him up, then probably he will get linked with Everton job. Yeah. It, it'd be, you know, like you say, local boy done good, come back, finish that. Sort I, of feel like, off, I feel like but... Martinez. Martinez is the easy option. I feel like Martinez was their manager. He'll go back to maybe end of season, just on a bit of a short term deal, and then give a look at like Saruni, some of if he does a good job of, like you say, keeping Derby up and bringing him in. and there seems to be a bit of a trend in football with these old short-term managers, so, but but what's the point in that? You might as well build long-term and get sort of the best player that you can in. I know yeah. Manchester United is sort of saying with Rangnick, you know, is he going to be their long-term manager? And it all it, it sows in the element of doubt then. Like, well, I'm not going to... It's like a substitute teacher, and I'm like, well, I'm not really going to work hard for him. What's point? He's going. Like, like how you feel towards Rafinha, like players will probably be thinking of... A similar mindset towards the manager, like, well, I'm not going to work hard for him because what's point is only going to go at end of season. But you look at that for me, a big dunks a shout. You know, he, he took over Duncan Ferguson before. You know, I know he won't, he didn't set the world alight, but he's probably got enough to get him playing again. Who's and, available? You know, though? Well, Duncan Ferguson could take over. He's still at the club, isn't he, I believe, as on the staff yeah. and stuff. Could he not take over as an interim? Because I mean, they must be shit scared of him because as a player, they yeah. were fierce. So surely, as a manager, you're probably twice as scared of him because he's the guy that's going to be picking team. Oh, but gosh. who knows? I think by the time we speak again, we'll put somebody in that seat, won't Because it's, it's next. We're going to be getting together a week from today, so we'll look at next Monday. I do believe there'll be a manager uh, in place at Everton. But 
I knew we'd have to talk about that because it's obviously Everton and you know directly linked to you. And it's like I never it's... wanted him to go. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think I think it only could have ended one way, and that were him getting sacked. I don't think yeah. personally. I don't think anybody at the minute can go into Everton and turn, change Everton into the team that they are into a world class side that can you know compete for likes at cups, league, and stuff like that. I just I don't get it. I don't think they've got that mindset at the minute. I think they've got a big club mentality, but they're only a, a small club. Newcastle are a sim- similar. I think they've got a big club mentality, you know, especially them getting bought out and they've got all the money in the world. And there's still, even that, it hasn't been enough. They've signed Woods and they've signed Trippier. Still, that hasn't been enough to get them sort of out of the, the situation that they're currently in. So I think I think it's a long-term project for Everton. So there's, it's pointless appointing somebody for three, four months, you know, to get us to end of well, season, like they're not going to do anything now. They're not going to go down, but they're not going to win anything. So, for what it's worth, you might as well have just stuck with Rafa to end at season. It's not as if you know they're going to improve vastly and then get in at Champs League in last no, that's 15, it. 20 it's, games. Yeah, they probably will finish mid, you know, but lower end of that mid table, you know, maybe 13, 14. I can't see them going down. I mean, they're sliding. We, we took over yeah. yesterday on table, but um, I just can't see it. I think they've got the players, but then again. We said that before, they've got the players and people have gone down, haven't they? But we'll have to wait and see. And I thought it was worth covering that because obviously an ex-Liverpool man, you know, getting sacked from your bit of rivals on the other side at Rose. So it was definitely worth covering. Uh, I yeah, guess. I think Agent Rafa were doing a good job. I think they should... Uh, keep him should, going. Yeah, keep <laughs> Bring going. him back. Long may it continue. And then uh, think... get sacked to end at season and then go to Manchester United and then carry on his uh, great work. Sounds pretty good to me. I think... Next thing for me, and I'm excited about this bit. We talked about this when we got together, didn't we? To the hockey, the it's, it's, I'd just like to um, inform you that we've been one hour into the podcast. We have. This is the Hockaday territory now. Good content, though. I feel like a lot of football content this week. I think last week we were live stories with... Uh, as, as long as you've enjoyed Mark, yourself. I think this week... Well, well, I always enjoy myself. When yeah. I talk to you, <laughs> whenever I not enjoy myself talking to you, let's be honest. You know, yeah. We talk about things that we love, so why not? But yeah, it's... I think this is your idea originally, so I'm giving you full creative credit for this, but we sort of said, we talked about worse, but we said we'd name our best 11 of, of sort of our era for our club. So well, I needed a bit more prep time for this one. Do you feel like you want to leave that? Do you want to I'll tell you what I will do. I'll, I'll, um, I'll compromise with you on that one. Who's your favourite player that's played for both Leeds and Liverpool? Striker. We'll go with striker. And I'll give you two options. Heads is Robbie Fowler. Tails is Robbie Keane. Ooh. Now, in terms of who that I enjoy watching more, probably Robbie Keane. I feel like he got some... I don't think he got the credit that he deserved. I think he's 126 Premier League goals. I don't think he ever gets the credit that he deserves. Played for about 500 teams. I enjoyed Keane at Leeds. I did. And I think it um, it was something that, you know, he scored a lot of good goals. He was excited to watch. He was quick. Just be offside a little bit, but who want offside? You know, yeah. like we've had a lot of players that can't keep can't keep behind line. But yeah, he um, we're offside quite a lot. But now I do think Robbie Keane for me is probably just picks Fowler. I mean, when we signed Fowler, not wrong with Fowler. I think Fowler did some good stuff at Leeds, but I felt like he'd given his best to Liverpool, which is quite right because he was absolutely yeah. phenomenal at Liverpool. And um, we got him at tail end, whereas I think Keane still played on, didn't he? Robbie Keane, he went from us and he went to America and well, Fowler you know, came he back didn't he, eventually at Liverpool. Yeah. So, you know, I think... And then you know, got Robbie substituted Keane, just after we Robbie got a penalty. Well, place. just before we got a penalty. I think to be fair to you then, what, what the plan was next week to give a bit of a preview, I think we start with the manager. So we look at, right, which manager do you want to name and then right. your goalkeeper. So we'll start that from next week. Bit of prep there, bit of homework. Okay, Dad. And we'll start with, uh, you know, don't give me an excuse about sitting on benches. No, no. I might have COVID. I want a bit... <laughs> Roll that for COVID reasons. Exactly. I'm, I'm, going, to I'm going to have to... But I think that's... A, very good segment that I think to start off. I think we kick that off next week. I think it'll be a good one for people to listen to because yeah, you've got so many. There's so many players that we've been and gone and managers that I think it'll be interesting. And I think that was sort of quite a good update of everything, really. I guess what I promised you to do is I will give you an update. We had Luke's game, didn't we, yesterday? The quarterfinal at Cup. Did you get the code? We, we, we didn't put a code word in, neither did we? The code we did, word this week is uh, Agent Rafa. So Lucas has got to go. reiterate Agent yeah, Rafa as the code word. See if he's made it one, one hour and three minutes in. He's got to give me that. I'll ask him for it. But yeah, the one, the one nine two yesterday. So they beat, they beat him quite easily. The two at semi-finals at the cup, which is on the thirteenth of Feb. So it's a few weeks away yet. But um, yeah, I mean, 
good performance from the team. But the team they played weren't weren't great. You know, the, the league below us but that that showed and it should show. Yeah. Like, like professional teams, you know, if you play a team from Championship and you're in Premier League, nine times out of ten upsets, you know, aside, you expect to win. But unless you're Newcastle, just like I said about Liverpool, they beat one in front of them, nine two, decent performance. I thought Lucas played really well actually. To give him a bit of credit, he had his best performance in the first half. I thought in midfield, he lost it every pass, every ball, everything just worked well for him. And then he got sort of taken off for a rest, which happens. Came back on and played second half in defence because. Like I said to you, he's a Stuart Ellis of his team, isn't he? So they can play the kid everywhere apart from in net. So, oh, yeah, first half, I thought we could There's any football really well, legends listening? This is a well, Mark Campbell. If, if I could hear listening, you know, if yeah. he wants him to go play for him. Then Head of male as well, development, not not female development. So oh, it's all right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how he stands with uh, non binary and stuff like that. I mean, he's got well, a problem with sure that. I'm not sure how that creeps in. can't with that, but. Yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of that bit, but I'll give you that. And like I say, Mitchell is still listening at this point. But no, I think that's sort of everything covered. Have you covered all your bases? It's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Again, I said to you last week, you know, this is only the second time I've done this, but I'm growing in confidence and I feel like it's, uh, yeah. It's not like content. you're on a date. It's not like it's Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah, you give me opportunity to set my voice be heard. I don't get, I don't get, I don't get listened to very often. I don't get, I don't get heard. <laughs> it's cheaper than therapy anyway, isn't it? It really is, yeah. So if it costing us nothing, and obviously we're, uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I think it's pretty good, and yeah, I think good week for our clubs. I feel like there's a lot of positives. There will be times where we have to talk about negatives, I'm sure. But in terms of this week, I think it's been all fantastic, hasn't it? Good, 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 good week for both clubs, and not a bad week for football either. So, uh, no, nope. we shall see what unfolds. Exactly, and uh, I think on that note, we'll leave it, Mark. And thank you very much for your time, and I will bid you adieu. Then we send you. Speak Take to care. you soon. Goodbye. Uh, that were Mark there, the one half of the You'll Never Walk Together podcast crew. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody. If you're still listening, you're uh, you're an hour in, you're in Hockaday territory. And hopefully we should get another episode across to you next Monday. And thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, night, whenever you're listening. And take care. Thank you. Bye. Goals and goals.